Hello, my friends, and welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio, North America's only show dedicated to the equipment used to feed, clothe, and fuel the world. And that is you guys, the farmers and ranchers of America and Canada. I am Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from Cat Swamp Road in Hackettstown, New Jersey, as if you didn't know that by now. And we get together here every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern with the re-air Sunday at 6 p.m. Exclusively heard no place else other than the podcast the week afterwards on Rural Radio, Sirius XM Channel 147. And I want to thank you so much for spending the next half hour with me. You know, when I was a drag racer, and I used to build drag race engines, and we used to uh, drag race, you were very, I was very concerned, everybody in that community that took it seriously was very concerned with MOI, moment of inertia. And the moment of inertia uh, refers to a rotating assembly, or let's say a proper word would probably be a mass, like a drive shaft, a tire, or a crankshaft, a flywheel. And you're very concerned with that because the in drag racing, you need to accelerate as quickly as possible, and you need to also go from st- uh, being stopped to acceleration. So there was a so you got to learn about moment of inertia and working with it. That was something when you were in high school or college physics. And you didn't really, you know, the instructor would talk about MOI, moment of inertia. But that was what was so wonderful about building a drag, you know, being involved with cars and machinery and tractors, is that when you went to school, even when you were in high school or junior high school, and they spoke about physics or chemistry, that you were able to have some sort of inkling, some sort of connection to it, right? It probably wasn't exactly as the teacher or professor was showing it to you, but you could say, wow, I understand what that all is about now. So MOI was very, very important. Matter of fact, years ago, they used to have, uh, you know, in, in engine building and specifically drag race engine building is that there was all different phases and all different fads. It was just like women's fashions, and uh, you know, short skirts, long st- skirts, uh, long hair, short hair, blonde hair, dark hair. So you know, whatever was in this year, right? And uh, the thing is that there was actually a whole fad, and that's really, really was a fad about twenty-five or thirty, well, about twenty-five years ago, and they called it a reaction motor, and it was an engine that was designed to have a very, very short or very quick moment of inertia of the crankshaft so that you would be able to shock the tire harder and leave the line harder and what's shocking the tire is in a drag slick you want to you want to actually shock it you want to hit it so that the side wall crinkles and then the tire grabs but this is not a drag racing show but i know a lot of you guys are drag racers but what does this have to do moment of inertia have to do with a solenoid and a solenoid has what they call a response time and why it is very important what i'm going to be covering in today's show is the response time of a pulse width modulated solenoid because throughout farm equipment today we're using pwm that is the uh the acronym everything's an acronym pulse width modulated and if you're turning something on let's say you're in your tractor in your pickup truck you turn on the air conditioner and that goes through a relay which is electromagnetic like a solenoid and um if it takes a a millisecond longer for it to engage you're not going to pay attention you're not going to even know that 
But when it comes to farm equipment, especially pulse width modulation on a sprayer, then that's going to be very, very important. So what we are going to discuss today is the uh, response time and then also the closing time because that's just as important. In some instances, it's actually more important than the response time. But we're going to discuss the response time of a pulse width modulated solenoid because that is something that as the systems get older and they get some hours on them and some use on them, that it's going to start to be a problem. But the problem that that occurs with PWM solenoids is that they work, but they're lazy. They become lazy. So you think you're putting 30 gallons per hour on that field, whatever, on your sprayer or on some other piece of equipment that's pulse width modulated, but you have it programmed for that, but they, that may not be what you're getting. So that is what we're going to discuss today, and we're going to cover that, and hopefully I will be able to get through it to the extent that brings you intrinsic value. And, and do not forget to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com or go to my website, FarmMachineryDigest.com and fill out that form to get into that contest to win that hot rod farmer license plate and one of the fent die cast models it's not a real fent it's a die cast but these models are really really nice and they uh they will look very nice on your desk or your shelf if you're blessed and fortunate enough to be a winner so just sit pat during this quick commercial break and remember agriculture runs the machinery but profits on reliability Sirius XM is home to the best in podcasts, including the Baseball Barbercast. I'm Jake Mintz. He's Jordan Schusterman. We are Baseball Barbercast, and twice a week, we will be bringing you our take on the world of baseball with some help from a famous friend or two along the way. Baseball is thrilling. Baseball is intricate. Baseball is really weird. And in the right hands, baseball is hilarious. Make sure you check it out. B-A-R-B-Cast. Baseball Barbercast is available now on the SXM app, included with all our trials and popular plans. Farmers know that conditions can change quickly and shifts in the market or in policy can have a big impact. I'm Chip Flory, and every weekday on AgriTalk, we tackle the day's news with a panel of experts and lawmakers at the forefront of the issues. We connect producers with consumers, and we connect you with the information that you need. If it's related to ag, we're talking about it on AgriTalk, weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern, 1 p.m. Central on Rural Radio 147 and on the SiriusXM app. Stay informed with the latest news of agriculture with American Ag Today every weekday morning on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. I'm your host, Jesse Allen, and I want to invite you to join the conversation as we talk the latest news, market information, ag technology, innovation, weather, and more on American Ag Today. That's every weekday at 6.52 Eastern on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Tune in to Rural Evening News on Rural Radio, where we walk you through the headlines of the day surrounding agriculture, policy, and markets from around the world. It's an unbiased take on what's happening, so you can focus on growing the best crop. Rural Evening News, weeknight, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, 4.30 Pacific, on Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, your agribusiness and Western lifestyle channel.
Welcome back to Farm Machinery Digest Radio. I'm your host, Ray Bohax, the hot rod farmer from New Jersey, right? And I think I spoke incorrectly during the opening segment, which is not unusual for this guy. Uh, because I said 30 gallons per hour. I'm thinking of fuel injectors because my whole background in uh, engineering is within the automobile industry with engine management, airflow. And that is really where I uh, got really immersed in pulse width modulation. So uh, it would be just like a person who is younger and lives up in Canada that they will think in the metric system. So I keep thinking in in engines, even though I'm trying to apply this to farm. So excuse me for that. I meant 30 gallons. I think I said that. 30 gallons per acre, not 30 gallons per hour. So in essence, what I want to bring to light today and it's it's going to be a cursory exposure to it, but it, the whole thing is to have it to be a catalyst for you to think. And I'm going to focus this on a sprayer, on a pulse width modulated sprayer, but it could be anything that you have on your farm or in your farm shop that is pulse width modulated. So there's many things that, I mean, you could have a dairy barn and you could have pulse width modulated fans, and that's really not going to be that much of a problem. And uh, but your vehicles, your farm tractors, uh, your 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 farm equipment could have uh, pulse width modulated injectors, which would be something like a tier four diesel. So it's it's time for you to recognize the potential issues, the potential problems that could happen with the response time. And as I said in the opening segment, as a drag racer, we were interested in moment of inertia. All right, but on a solenoid. And you have to recognize that as on a sprayer, and let's let's just stay with a sprayer. And of course, on a, on a pulse width modulated sprayer, is that you're turning that 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 flow to that tip, to that nozzle or tip, whatever you want to call it. Uh, I think I think the proper name is called the tip. I think the whole assembly may be called the nozzle. That's where it gets confusing. And then I also carry it over from the automotive industry and from the diesel side. But in, but you know what I'm talking about. And then you'll set it'll shut off a section, and the solenoid will shut off a section, and then it will turn it on and off, boom, 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 tick, 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 like that. And the sound that you will hear is the same sound that you would hear with an electronic fuel injector. So that is the solenoid opening and closing. And there's a lot of dynamics that happen when that solenoid opens and closes. And um, there is there's a fluid dynamic component of it because you have your hydro you have your pump sending your whatever your spray mix is to that to that boom and then as the solenoid slams closed then you're going to get a spike in pressure and as the solenoid opens you're going to get a drop in pressure so that's uh that is happening hydraulically and that happens also on an engine that is fuel injected but on an engine that is fuel injected gasoline or diesel we'll stick with gasoline at this particular point so it doesn't make much of a difference is that it that is it, it the the response time is very 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 critical because an injector on an engine is open in milliseconds thousands of a second so if you have an injector that is opening that's lazy 
So it's it's not that it's 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 opening, and that's where you get tricked because oh, listen, it's oh, it's opening or it's fueling, or that or that that section of the boom is spraying, right? Yo, you're doing your flow test on it, and what have you, and it's flay, it's it's flowing properly or close to properly. And usually, what will happen is if you do a flow test on a on a sprayer, let's see, on this one, we'll say one section of the boom, and that solenoid is lazy then uh, it probably would probably would be within the realm of uh, eh, that you wouldn't flag it right because there's going to be tip to tip variability like there's soil variability across the field and it, i mean if it's really lazy then you will flag it and you will see you will see it but we're talking in milliseconds and usually on most pulse width modulated sprayers and as I'm going to say most because I'm not privy to every system that is out there, but you could look at the specifications if you have one of those. So if you have a Fent or you have a Case or you have a Hagee or whatever, and it has a pulse with modulated system, then you need to look at the specifications and become familiar with how many hertz, hertz is cycles per second. And most sprayers that from what I have seen are uh cycling at 10 hertz 10 cycles per second so that is something that but you need to you need to become aware of that and there's going to be an actual specification for it excuse me so what happens inside a solenoid now inside a solenoid and that is what a a um, fuel injector is and that is what then that is what is controlling a pulse width modulated circuit and is an electromagnet so it's a metal core with windings around it and then in this particular instance sticking with the sprayer we're sending a voltage to the electro to the electromagnet and then the ecu is usually the control unit which is called an ecu electronic control unit or engine control unit whatever you want to call it uh on a sprayer, it's not going to be the engine control. You're thinking of a separate one. The reason why I'm bouncing and struggling with what calling because everybody calls it something different. <clears throat> and <clears throat> excuse me, and uh, and it's but you have to identify what it is. So it's the controller for the sprayer, not the controller for the engine. The controller for the sprayer. So everything is in ECU today, electronic control unit. But anyway, so inside that unit, there's what's called a driver. And a driver is like an electronic switch uh, with no moving parts. It has no moving parts whatsoever, and it turns the circuit on and off. And historically, in every application that I am aware of, that what happens is they turn the ground circuit on and off. So there's always when the uh, there's voltage going to, and usually it's twelve. It would be twelve volts <clears throat> going to the solenoid. And then when the and the solenoid could be either normally open or normally closed. So like on a fuel injector, they're historically normally closed. So that means when there's no power to it, it's closed, it's not spraying fuel. And historically, from what I know, is that on most sprayers it's always normally closed also. So when they in when the ground circuit is completed inside the ecu a magnetic field is induced inside this solenoid and the solenoid opens and then now whatever your your, whatever's in your tank mix is now going to that boom and then when when it then it shuts off and the solenoid is spring-loaded closed and it shuts off and then this the hydraulic pressure spikes 
and then it's the nozzle stop, the tip stop spraying, and that's the tick, 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 tick you hear. So the tick, tick, tick you hear is on a fuel injector is actually the injector opening and closing, and on a sprayer it's actually this it's actually the solenoid opening and closing, but it's also the sound of the spray product going through the tip and a little bit of hydraulic noise in there. All right, so that's what's making the ticking sound. Now, what is very important. And what I want to try to emphasize here the best I can is that other, you know, on a drive shaft, <clears throat> on a drag race car, we talk moment of inertia. I'm going to keep going back to that, how quickly that drive shaft can accelerate. Right? So moment of inertia refers to a rotating mass. Now, on a solenoid, what you're going to refer to is the response time. So it's not that it's not working but it's lazy or slow to get working. So for instance, when I teach this, I like to talk, I like to compare a drag race car, all right? A top fuel, let's talk about a top fuel. Like Matt Hagen, he's a farmer. He's been on my podcast on the road to Matt Hagen. He farms about 3,300 acres, I mean about 4,000 acres, I think now, down in Virginia. And there's a lot of drag races out there that farmers. All right, so... uh, and the thing is that when you look at a train leaving a station, what happens is the train starts to accelerate, and because of its mass and because of its weight, it accelerates very slowly. So, But it is accelerating, so acceleration is a change in velocity, if you look up the definition of it. So now you look at you look at Matt Hagen with his top fuel funny car, right? Nitro burning funny car, thirteen thousand horsepower. He leaves the line. He shoots or he leaves the line, uh, right? Like a bullet out of a gun, right? Boom! He's right. It's gone. Three second quarter mile. So the thing is that they are both responding and they both are moving, but a solenoid. It could be if it starts to have an internal problem, which we're going to discuss. It could be like the train leaving the track. Maybe not as exaggerated, but as the train leaving the track. So it is opening, but it's opening slower. So now on your sprayer, sticking with that, but then it's going to be your job to apply the same logic of response time to anything that you have that is pulse width modulated. And if it's not pulse width modulated, if it's like, if it's just turned on, like I said in the beginning, in the intro, you turn on the air conditioner, there's a five millisecond delay in the solenoid when, in the relay, where the relay in a solenoid electronically is the same thing. All right, you're not going to notice that. All right, the thing is that, so... Uh, but on a sprayer and specifically like on a fuel injector on an engine, that's where a lot of people get into trouble with engines because they say, well, you know, it'd be like having a spark where you say you got spark, but the spark is weak. Now on a sprayer, if that response time of that solenoid is very slow or or not at specification and you're covering the ground with the track with the sprayer right the thing is that you're not putting the proper amount of product down across that field whether it's a fungicide whether it's a a, a, whether it's roundup whether it's a pre-emerge whatever it may be you're not putting the because every time that that solenoid shuts off now if it was only going on once sitting say well it makes a different hot rod what what do i think about five milliseconds right i'm going to be in the field it's going to be open for for 45 minutes and you'd be 100 percent correct but every time it goes tick 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 you're opening and closing so if you're lazy to build that magnetics then every 
every time on that one boom section it's being controlled by its solenoid, you are not putting down, okay, so I'll say 30 gallons per acre, right? Uh, because that's what I spray. But anyway, 30 gallons per acre on whatever, whatever you may be, or 10 gallons per acre, whatever you're putting down. Or, so it may not be in that one boom section. So now how does a solenoid become lazy? A solenoid could become lazy in a couple of different ways. Number one is that from heat cycles and from thermal cycling, then the windings, because it's a it's a metal core with wires around it that creates this magnetic field and opens and pulls the solenoid open and allows the these the spray mix to go through to the boom. If that now the magnetics now over time in all practical sense the magnetics the magnetism of the metal field is not going to do degrade in theory all right so we're not worried about that part of it but what happens in the thermal cycles is that an over and from heat because every time that solenoid energizes it gets hot is that the windings the of, around the magnet the mag the, the wires that are around it now start to have the insulation degrade and if the insulation starts to degrade it doesn't mean that it's cracked it may not be cracked but it starts to become for lack of better terms porous so now electricity is is lazy and if it's easier for it to leak through that porosity, when you may not see, you might have a microscope to see that porosity, all right? And you can't see it because it's encapsulated in a, in this solenoid. You're not going to be able to see it. And the thing is that it starts to be lazy. Then what's happening is that you are not sending full voltage to build that magnetic field. Is that magnetic field building? Yes, it is, right? So just like the train leaving the track. So if the train leaving the track, the locomotive, he's hauling, he's he, not leaving a track, right? God forbid. Uh, he's leaving He's leaving the grain elevator, right? And he's all loaded up. It's uh, he's, he's, he, And he's all loaded up with corn. And when he when he's, he's pulling out, right? The thing is that if, if he has a problem with the engine and he's making 200 less horsepower, is the train still leaving the track? Yes, but it's accelerating slower. So the whole idea is the key here is the rate that the magnetics build in that solenoid. So that is going to be paramount. Can you check that? Well, you could say, well, I got my controller in the in the cabs telling me that it's it, that it's uh that it's uh uh you know ten gallons per acre, right? That's what it's programmed for. So in theory, that's what the pulse width is, 10 gallons per acre. But you may not be getting that on that one boom section because of the solenoid response time. So just sit pat during the quick break, and then we're going to finish this up and go into a little bit more detail. If you're like me, it's all about the great outdoors. Hunting, fishing, camping, hiking, biking, cooking, campfires. I love it. This is Beck, your host of the Bend Radio Show. Join me every week as we get the latest outdoor news and updates. We have hacks and gadgets. Plus, hear the stories from the backcountry that empowers all of us. Catch back if you can every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time right here. Rural Radio, Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hello, I'm Ethan Wayne. John Wayne and American Experience is in its second year in the Fort Worth Stockyards and visitors are loving it. Come spend a couple hours and immerse yourself in Western nostalgia. Get a unique look into Duke's life that's only available here. All right, mister. You asked for 
happen. Tickets available on johnwayne.com or they may be purchased at the Cowboy Channel Bar across the street on Exchange Avenue. Reserve your tickets now. Rural Radio is your source for the most current commodity news. We bring you the latest market details and talk with a variety of market experts helping you protect your bottom line. With commodities shifting like never before from grain to livestock, your Rural Radio team will keep you informed because you voted RFD-TV as the number one most trusted source on farm market information for producers. We're gathering the news and insights you need to stay ahead of the curve. Rural Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 147, your market authority. I'm Tyne Morgan, host of U.S. Farm Report. Each weekend, we work to bring you the latest news and market information, as well as compelling stories that capture the heart of rural America. Tune in Saturdays at 7 p.m. Eastern and Sundays at 7 a.m. Eastern here on Rural Radio Channel 147 on Sirius XM. Hi, this is Bob Phillips, Texas Country Reporter. Thanks for listening to Rural Radio on Sirius XM Channel 147. All righty, welcome back to Farm Machine Read Digest Radio. So I want to make clear, and very concisely, because I only have a few minutes left, is that a solenoid can lose its response time. So there's actually two response times. There's a magnetic field response time, which you can't really measure, and then the physical response time of the solenoid moving whatever device it has, a pintle or a, or a ball and seat to shut off flow to that section of the rail. So the solenoid could become electrically lazy, which the same thing happens to a fuel injector, and that could be by degradation of the windings. It could be by, you know, you don't look inside there, and there's there's a wire that comes in, there's, there's solder joints, there's connections, there's, there could be corrosion on those connections, which are not allowing full amperage and voltage to go to the windings, so the solenoid becomes lazy that way. Or it could not be lazy electrically, which that's what we would call when the magnetic field is sort of built. The magnetic field could be building great, baby, but the solenoid itself has a mechanical resistance. It could have some rust in it. It could have some dirt in it. In a, on a fuel injector on an engine, it has deposits forming on it. And the spray, on a sprayer, you could have some rust. You could have some, uh, some residue from whatever product you were spraying. And that is making it mechanically lazy. So there's two different things that come into play. You could have a solenoid that's, that's electrically lazy. You could have a solenoid that's mechanically lazy. Or you could have a solenoid that is both mechanically and electric, electrically lazy. And then you could also have a charging circuit problem where you're not putting out full charging circuit. Now, let's say from the alternator or whatever is whatever is, is powering that up, whether it's on the sprayer from the engine or as a separate alternator, most sprayers that I know of run off the engine alternator, but that comes into play. Or you could have a driver that is getting weak inside the ECU because remember the driver is controlling the ground. So it's very hard on a 30-minute show to go into this in great depth. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask you, if you have any questions, to reach out to me at Hot Rod Farmer at FarmMachineryDigest.com so I can open up a dialogue with you. But the take-home message here is that solenoids do wear out. They could still work visually, tactilely, you feel it, see stuff spraying, and they could be out of range or out. They could be skewing, and what you're 
programming into your system of saying that you want so many gallons per acre or what have you may not be going to that particular boom section. So it's very, very important. So this show today is for you to recognize that that a fuel injector on an engine, a compulse with modulated controller on anything, it has the potential to go bad. So I want to thank you so much for listening, and I want you to know that the Hot Rod Farmer is pulling for you, the American farmer and rancher, and my beloved, beloved America. Have a blessed day and be safe. This is the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McOwen. If you've entered into a cell tower lease, it can provide additional monthly income of $1,000 or more. And having a cell tower nearby can improve cell service quality and dependability. But what if the cell tower company approaches you to buy the lease rights? How do you know if it's a good deal? I'll be back in a moment to discuss. Agriculture needs the next generation. Kansas State University's College of Agriculture prepares students through applied learning internships, and research. Learn more at ag.ksu.edu. I'll get back to the report in a moment, but I want you to know that Schrader Real Estate and Auction Company has sold farm and ranch land and farm equipment in 40 states. Learn how the Schrader family can help your family. Visit SchraderAuction.com. That's S-C-H-R-A-D-E-R auction.com. If you've entered into a cell tower lease, the cell tower company might eventually approach you with an offer to buy the lease rights for a large one-time payment instead of paying you every month. How do you know if it's a good deal? For starters, try to determine the present value of the lease by calculating the current value of that monthly stream of income. The offered payment should be close to present value. Also, consider whether you'd be giving up higher monthly payments if additional carriers might be added to the tower. Also, think about any one-time lease buyout payment after taxes. The buyout payment should qualify for favorable capital gain treatment, and if you don't invest the sale proceeds into other business or investment property to defer the tax, the additional income could push you into a higher tax bracket. Also keep in mind that the one-time payment is a guaranteed payment. That may not be the case with your current lease payment. Cell tower leases often allow the cell company to terminate the lease at any time. Make sure you get good tax and legal advice when considering a cell tower lease buyout offer. This has been the Agricultural Law and Tax Report. I'm Roger McOwen. 